0: Going to start a new series today uh, called The Purpose of Christmas. The pur- Doesn't it sound like a Hallmark movie or something? Like a lifetime original movie that's painful to watch? Good God. You know, Hallmark movies are almost as bad as Christian movies. Or equal. So, uh, The purpose of Christmas. I didn't mean it like that. The purpose of Christmas. So uh, in the next several weeks, we're going to talk about the purpose of Christmas and and why Jesus came and why is that important for our life. And kind of go back over the story. Uh, It's so familiar to a lot of us. Some of us don't even think about the significance of the Christmas story and how supernatural and what a miracle it was. Sometimes we lose sight of uh, the amazing gift of the Christmas season and the gift that Jesus has given us. So we're going to talk about the purpose of Christmas. So Luke 2, and we're going to start in verse 8. Luke 2 and verse 8. We're going to read from the New Living Translation. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Do not be afraid, He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And verse 11, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in snugly in strips of cloth. I like, that's a new living translation, snugly. Maybe it is turning into a Hallmark movie, I don't know. So... Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. Peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem, let us see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, and the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying God and praising God for all they had seen, heard and seen, and it was just as the angel had told them. Can I get an amen? amen? So if you're taking notes today, of course, the, the title of this series is The purpose of Christmas. But uh, today's message, uh, the title of it is going to be called Find the Babe. Find the Babe. Everybody say, Find the Babe. babe. Now, if you're single, you're really believing that this message is for you. Now, we're talking about Jesus, not somebody else. Uh, So let's say it one more time. Find Find the Babe. No looking, Brother Sean. No looking at people. That was sweet, actually. You looked at your wife and you said, find the babe. I appreciate that, Brother Sean. Come on, let's give it up for Brother Sean for being sweet at church. That was a nice look. Usually, usually when this section's looking at each other, it's not during a, a nice time. Let's say it one more time, find the babe. So that's what we're going to talk about today, find uh, the babe. So uh, the Christmas season, the Christmas season is upon us. It is December. I know some of you started in October. But it's December is the Christmas season. Uh, Some of you started back before Halloween. You had your Christmas decorations out. Michael Manning. (coughs) Uh, Joking. I like Christmas. I like Christmas. So uh, the Christmas season is among us. And, um, you know, you've heard the song, It's the most wonderful time. See, I could be in a musical. Do you guys know that? Uh, I I haven't shown that in the past 10 years. But back in the day in high school, I was in all the skits around here, and I was always the lead role. Of course, they had to put the pastor's son in the lead role. Um, But a a lot of singing, a lot of dancing, a lot of acting. Jim Carrey, I like acting. A a lot of uh, performances. So so I could do it if I I had to. If the the money was right, I could be in a musical. Uh, I'm not going to wear tights, but I could be in a musical. Um, So uh, you hear... The, the song, it's the most wonderful time of the year and people are singing it and, and you see the Hallmark movies and everybody's happy and nobody's throwing mashed potatoes at each other and everybody gets the right present and they don't have to return it the next day and, and everything's going good. But for most people, let's, let's talk honestly, for most people, it's not the most wonderful time of the year. Um, it's not the most wonderful time for a lot of people and we need to be uh, compassionate. Uh, ...towards people, and, and we need to realize that, that not everybody has families like some of us have in here. Not everybody experiences the same things that we experience. Uh, not everybody has the the money we have or uh, the families we have or knows the God that we know. And so this, this idea is the most wonderful time of the year. For a lot of people, it's not. It's been proven that uh, the amount of uh, depression, anxiety, and suicide is the worst from Thanksgiving to New Year's. It's proven that more suicides happen from Thanksgiving to New Year's every year than the rest of the year combined. More suicides happen because the level of depression, anxiety, uh, suicidal thoughts come during the holiday season because not everybody has what we have. Not everybody experiences what we experience and... Um, A lot of people are struggling during this period of time, and a lot lot of times it comes from busyness, not resting, busyness during the holiday season, uh, thinking about getting the the best gift for somebody, or expecting the right gift, or just trying to be perfect during the holiday season. I have to have all the food right, and I have to have the decorations right, and I need to have everything the way it is on the Hallmark movie, and card. Um, but but that's not real life. Can we get an amen? That's not real life. Uh, that's not real life. That's just what you see. And we mentioned this a couple weeks ago. When we compare ourselves among ourselves, we are not wise. And we, when we compare ourselves to other people, we will always lose because we will always be either in pride or depression because you can never win when you compare yourself with other people and other things. And especially comparing yourself to something that's not real life. Like a movie, like a TV show, like a magazine cover. They spent 12 hours to get this picture and you think that they just live like this at their house. No, they don't. The magazine pictures you see that looks like that's just their everyday life. No, it took 12 hours of intense uh, training and people of doing makeup and lighting and, and all this stuff to try to get a picture. And that's not real life. And we compare ourselves to other people. So a lot of times it's not the most wonderful time of the year. And what they find is uh, depression, anxiety, worry, stress, uh, suicide. Uh, And uh, even if you're not on the extreme end of that, we could all say during the season, a lot of times we lose sight of what's important. The worry, the stress goes up, the anxiety goes up, uh, the frustration goes up. When this should be the most wonderful time of the year. Then this should be the time of the year beyond any other time of the year that we find the right things. And focus on the right things. And remember the purpose of Christmas. Come on out, somebody. And a lot of times what we find is not him. Is not Jesus. Is not the baby. That's not what we find. We find depression, anxiety. A discontentment during the holiday season instead of finding what he came to bring. What did it say? When Jesus came, he said, I came to bring peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And it says, I bring good news of great joy. That's the reason he came. So if we're not experiencing those things in our life, and especially during the holiday season, we're looking at the wrong things. And we're focusing on the wrong things because if we're not finding joy and peace and contentment and good news, we're finding the wrong things and we're not finding Him. And the heart of Christmas is finding Him. It's about Him. Finding Him. So, if we want these things in our life, I heard it said like this, C.S. Lewis wrote about this. He talked about if you're trying to find happiness and and joy and contentment and peace and all these things we want. Don't go after those things because you won't find it. But if you find him, in him is that in everything else. But if you're just looking for that, you'll never find it. If you're just looking for happiness or joy or contentment or a perfect holidays, you'll never find it. But when you find Him, in Him is all the things you've ever wanted. And in Him is everything else that you could imagine and don't even know how to express what you need yet. So when we find Him, we find everything we need. Everybody say, find the babe. In Him, we find everything that we need and much more. So let's look at Proverbs 25 and verse 2, and actually we're going to read that, uh, it's in the Amplified, Proverbs 25 and 2. It said, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search out a matter. Now uh, we're talking about finding the babe. We're talking about finding him during this season of our life. And the reason I read the scripture is because God desires for us to seek after him. God desires for us to find him. God desires to be pursued. God does. And God hides himself not from us, but for us. Come on, are you with me today? God hides himself from us, I mean not from us, but for us. And he does that because he desires to be sought after. He desires to be pursued. He desires to be chased after. And so the people that really want it are the people that find him. The people that really seek after him are the people that get answers. The people that really want to know him are the people that search after him. And he's not doing this just to frustrate us, but he wants to know the people that really want him. And so God hides himself, not from us, but for us to be discovered like a treasure. In the gospel, Jesus tells this story about a man who found a treasure in a field. And when he found that treasure in a field, he sold everything else he had for the treasure that was in the field. And that was a type and shadow of us finding him. Because when we find him, come on now somebody. When we find Him, when we find Him, because He is the treasure of all treasures. He is the King of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. And when we find Him, it should make us want to sell everything else. Get rid of everything else just so we can have that treasure. And so God wants to be pursued. God wants to be searched after. God wants to be chased after. And God wants us to seek after him. And so it says, it is his glory to conceal a matter. But notice, it is the glory of kings to seek after it, to search it out and to find what is going on here. And God says in his word that we are all kings and priests in him. And it is the glory of kings to seek after and find out what God has concealed. So God desires to be sought after, he desires to be pursued. But you know, when Jesus came, many people missed Him. Many people missed Jesus when He was right in front of them. Many people missed Jesus even though He was standing a few feet away. Because they weren't looking for Him. They weren't searching after Him. They weren't seeking after Him. And so even though Jesus came to earth, And he fulfilled all the prophecies in the Old Testament. Everything spoken of him. All 330 some prophecies he did perfectly and he came to earth. The people looking for him, some of them didn't even find him because he wasn't in the place that they thought he would be. Are you still here this morning? So when Jesus came, many people missed him because they didn't have this heart. I'm going to search this out. I'm going to find this out. I'm going to pursue this. And they weren't looking in the right places. They weren't looking in the right places. We see that when, uh, when Jesus came, the prophecies about Jesus were uh, about so many different things in his life. There's over 300 of them, like I said. And a lot of times they thought that when Jesus came, he was going to be born in a palace. He was going to be born in the king's house. He was going to be born in a a place of wealth, a place of fame, a place of fortune. They thought he was going to be born in the penthouse or the palace. But he wasn't born there. Because that's where everybody was looking for Jesus. Everybody was looking for Jesus in those places because that's where they thought the Son of God would come from. But he didn't go there. He was born in a barn. Now there's hope for some of you. He was born in a barn. There's hope for us. Jesus, the Son of God, was born in a barn. Now, why was he born in a barn and not a palace? Because it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. He wasn't born in the obvious place because he wanted to know who's going to find me, who's going to search after me, who's going to seek after me, who's going to pursue me. And so he was born in a barn, not a palace. And that's why majority of the people of that day who were uh, either a scholar or a king or a person of influence didn't find him. They didn't know anything about him because he was born in an unlikely place. He was born in a barn. I was thinking about this. It reminded me of, in the Old Testament, the story of, uh, I think it was Elijah hearing from God. And it says that God didn't speak with the tornado. He didn't speak with the earthquake. He didn't speak in a loud voice. But God said he spoke in a still small voice. A still small voice. And I feel like that, that same line of thinking goes with, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it's the glory of kings to search it out. That God could make a hurricane or a tornado Or an earthquake happened. He could shout on a megaphone and everybody would hear him. But that would require no faith. You realize today God could appear in the sky and smile at all of us. And all seven plus billion people would know that there is a God. He could speak from heaven and everybody on the earth would hear him. But that would require no searching. No seeking. No faith. No desire to know him. And that's why God conceals himself. He hides himself so that we would search after him. So God sent his son to be born in a barn. And notice he was born to two pretty much insignificant people at that time. They were pretty much two teenagers, Mary and Joseph. Nobody knew about Mary and Joseph. Nobody cared about Mary and Joseph up till this story. But he was born to Mary and Joseph. Notice, just two regular people whose heart was right towards God. Two ordinary, common people. He wasn't born to a king or a politician or a wise man. He wasn't born to a Jewish scholar. He was born to two teenagers who had their heart right towards God in a barn. Because it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. If we are going to find him, we have to be looking for him. If we're going to find him, we have to be looking for him. Now, I don't know if you've ever been on road trips before, but road trips can be frustrating. Now, Google Maps has made this a little bit better, but road trips can be frustrating, especially if uh, you're looking for a certain exit and you're the one driving. You're like, hey, car, let's look for exit 13, right, guys? and everybody's like yeah we got it and then you end up in your way down the road and you're like nobody said exit 13 came we went way past it and you say well why didn't you tell me that exit 13 came we weren't looking for it and when, when we're not looking for something we get lost come on now somebody When we're not looking for something, then we don't find it. We have to be intentional about looking for Him and searching after Him and pursuing Him because if we're going to find Him, we have to be looking for Him. There was hundreds and even thousands of people that were around Jesus when He was on the earth and they never recognized Him as the Son of God. Some of those people knew every prophecy, every verse everything that the son of God would be and they still didn't get it because they weren't paying attention and really looking for him. So if we're going to find him, we have to be looking for him because when we don't look, we get lost. The thing that I was thinking about today is this. We need to not just look for him on Sunday morning. This is the obvious place. All of us, when we come in here, you came to church for a reason. You came to church because you're looking to God. You're seeking after Him. You're searching after Him. Now, when I'm saying this, I'm not talking about that you're lost and you're not going to heaven like you haven't already found Him. But God is God. And there will always be more to find out about Him. There will always be more to be pursued. There will always be more to find out. There will always be more to know. Because He is God. And He is infinite. And we are finite. So for all of eternity, we're going to be seeking after Him and finding more about Him. That doesn't mean we don't have a relationship with Him already. But that means that when we get saved and receive Him, that's the first finding. That's just the beginning. But there's, no, there's more to find out, there's more to know, there's more to engage, there's more to understand, and we will be doing that for all of eternity, finding more about Him. So that's why we need to get in that good habit right now, to seek after Him, to search after Him, to be looking for Him, because when you look for it, you're going to find it. But notice when we don't look, we get lost in the things that are not as important. We get lost. Just like I mentioned at the beginning of this service, a lot of us during the holiday season, we get way off track because we're not looking to find Him. So we get lost and we start finding all the rest of these things. Stress, worry, anxiety, busyness, holiday parties. I got to get the right gift. I hope I get this. So Hopefully somebody invites me to the New Year's Eve party. And that's the only thing we think about. And that's the only thing we care about. And at the end of the holiday season... We are depressed. Did it fill you up? Nope. Are you happy after you got all you wanted for Christmas? No. Why? Because you're not finding Him. And when we're not looking for Him, we get lost. Not lost in the sense of going to hell, but you get lost on what's important. You get lost on your joy. You get lost on your peace. You get lost on the purpose that there is even a Christmas season. So it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. Let's look at a, a Luke 11, 9 and 10 in the New Living Translation. Luke 11, 9 and 10 in the New Living this is what it says up here. and So I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Now you guys, a lot of you know that verse. Now, what would you say this verse is? I would say this verse Is someone who is pursuing God, is seeking God, is seeking answers, is seeking direction, is seeking just to know God better. And he says, So I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open to you. That's a promise. That if we pursue God, we're going to find what we're looking for. If we seek after God, we're going to get what we're looking for. If we keep on knocking and we keep on pursuing, we're going to find the answers we need. But this whole verse says that he has to be pursued. He has to be wanted. He has to be sought after. He has to be searched after. And a lot of times people want answers, but they don't want to seek. They want healing, but they don't want to spend time with God. They want prosperity, but they don't want to tithe. They want to receive something from God, but they don't want to give any part of their life to God. And God is not a bully. He's not going to push you into a relationship with Him. God is a gentleman. And that's why He backs away and He says, If you want it, come find me. If you want answers, come knock on my door, I'll open it. If you're passionate about knowing me better, come seek me. Why? Because he's a gentleman. He's not pushing his way into our lives. He says, if you want to know me, you can. But you have to do the seeking. You have to do the pursuing. You have to do the chasing after. And most people are so distracted by other things that never happens. Come on, are you getting some help today? I'm trying to encourage you and exhort you about this holiday season. Because if we find the holiday party, and we find the eggnog, and we find the Christmas lights, and we find the perfect present, and we find the good Christmas meal, and we find the great Christmas music, and we don't find him, we miss the point. We missed the point. Because we need to find him. And it says, if you seek, you will find. If you ask, you will receive. If you knock, it will be opened to you. So God desires to be pursued. To be sought after. And he's just waiting there, like I said, for most people. He wants a relationship, but he's not going to be pushy. Say, hey, come on. I love you. I want to hang out with you today. I'm busy. I'm I'm busy today, God. Got a lot going on. Okay. I'll be here tomorrow. Love you. Died for you. Healed you. Hint, hint. (laughs) Delivered you. I love you. Seek and you'll find. Ask and you'll receive. Knock and he'll open. But God puts the responsibility on us to do that. He says, how much do you want to know me? How much do you want a relationship with me? How bad do you want to know answers about your life and your future and your purpose? Because he has all those things, but he's just waiting. Seek me. You'll find me. Ask and you will receive. Knock and it will be open to you. That's a promise. So when we pursue him, He will reveal Himself to us. When we pursue Him, what's concealed will be revealed. When we pursue Him, we will receive answers. When we pursue Him and seek after Him, we will find Him. And He will open up the door to this relationship with Him. Are you guys getting something today? So when we seek, we will find. When we ask, we receive But God desires to be pursued. Now I know this is a different message. I know it is. Because we normally don't talk like this on Sunday mornings. But it's a a message that needs to be talked about. It's a message that makes all of us uncomfortable because we know we're pursuing the wrong things. Come on, let anybody admit it and say amen because I'm in that category too. It's a message that challenges us us not condemns us but convicts us because we all know we're searching after things seeking the wrong things finding the wrong things and especially during this holiday season we get our focus off and we find everything else but him when he's the purpose of christmas So God says, if, if you want it, receive, ask, knock, pursue, search, and you'll find. But we have to do that. Because that's what our heart is ultimately looking for. The desire for other things is ultimately you are trying to fill that void in your heart and in your soul with other things that are not him. Now there's nothing wrong with family and friends and presents and eggnog and Christmas lattes at Starbucks. There's nothing wrong with that. But we get so focused on those things, step back a second and realize, I'm trying to fill myself with all these things, but I'm missing the point. Because I'm doing all these things and it still doesn't satisfy. And I'm still not happy. And I still don't have joy because you're finding them, but you're not finding him. That's why we need to refocus on the purpose of Christmas. The purpose of Christmas. I think it's interesting that um, when Jesus came to earth, born to two teenagers, born in a barn, Surrounded by animals, born in a barn, not in Jerusalem, in Bethlehem, not in the major city of Jerusalem, no, notice in the side city, Bethlehem, aka Borden. <laughs> it wasn't Louisville, it was Borden, maybe Ligode. Jasper, I don't know, somewhere, but it wasn't Louisville, wasn't even New Albany. Lord knows it wasn't Jeffersonville. Because why would he be born to a place where they honor red devils? He wouldn't, would he? The Lord knows he would not go to Jeffersonville and be a red devil. And everybody said the devil is a liar. So... He would definitely not be born in Jeff. So, he was born to a faraway country town, Bethlehem. But it's interesting because there was two types of people that sought after Jesus and found him. And these people were not Jewish scholars. They were not kings. But they were two Types of people that found and sought after Jesus and they found him. And I think that there is significance in the two types of people. There was wise men and there were shepherds. There was wise men and there were shepherds. Both of these people sought after him. And notice when they sought after him, they found him. A lot of people looking for Jesus, but only the wise men and the shepherds found him. They were the ones who found him in the barn, in the manger, and they came and they worshiped him. Out of all the people that were alive on the earth during that period of time, the shepherds and the wise men were the only two people that found Jesus. And they sought after him, so they found him. Now let me tell you something about wise men and shepherds. The wise men, he talks about there was three gifts. Frankincense and myrrh. Frankincense What was it? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Okay, there we go. Uh, Frankincense, gold, and myrrh. So he, they bring these gifts. Now, nobody said. Now, just to correct your theology, nobody said there was three wise men. There was three gifts, so we assume there were three wise men. It could have been a whole group of wise men bringing these gifts. These were gifts of significance, of great wealth, a gift that you would give a king. So these wise men came from afar. It said they came from the east and they followed the star to find Jesus. But notice it took a journey to find him. It took some pursuing to find him. It took some seeking to find him. It took some walking in, in a journey, in a process to find him in the manger. So we see that wise men, so that would be, that would be considered probably the, the, um, the rich And the wealthy and the famous of society, the well-known of society, the upper class of society. And then you have the shepherds, which the shepherds were in that day. They were insignificant. They were common. They were poor. They were the ones who nobody cared about. They were out in the field with the sheep so they would be considered in our modern day like low class or poor or living in a wrong part of town, the shepherds. So we see that there is two types of people that found Jesus because they were searching after him, the wise men and the shepherds. And I think this shows us something, that God cares about every part of society. He cares about every person, the rich and the poor. The significant and the insignificant. The person who's wise or the person who's a fool. God cares about all of them and he wants to be pursued by them. And so we see the wise men who are the famous or the shepherds who are the faceless. God still cares about them and he calls them into a relationship with him. But notice he didn't just call shepherds and he didn't just call wise men. He called them both. From every corner of society, from every part of social status or wealth status or class system, from every color, from every background, from every race, from every place, God called the wise man and the shepherd to seek after him. And it's the same today. We all know this. A lot of people think that only poor people need Jesus. Which is so false. Everybody's like, you need to have an inner city ministry or a ministry to the poor. Yes, somebody does, but somebody needs to reach somebody in the suburbs. Somebody needs to reach somebody in the middle class, in the upper class, in the lower class, in all the systems. Somebody needs to reach somebody in the knobs, and somebody needs to reach somebody in the hood. Somebody needs to reach somebody in every part of town. That's why we were doing what we're doing for Generation Church. Our church is not called to do that. But there's another church called to do that. So we're going to help fund what they're called to do. But somebody needs to reach those people just like somebody needs to reach the people that live around here. And God cares about all of them equally. And they have equal access to God. And that's why God called the poor and the rich alike. He called people that were from every part of the world, every background and said, seek after me, search after me. And imagine you got wise men and you got shepherds standing next together. All worshiping Jesus. It's going to look like heaven. You're going to have kings and you're going to have beggars in heaven worshiping together. You're going to have presidents and you're going to have prostitutes. Worshipping together in heaven. Come on, I'm preaching. Because that's what heaven looks like. And God said, I'm equally as excited and want to pursue the shepherd as I do the wise men. The wise men as I do the shepherd. Because I desire a relationship with them both. And here's the main thing. And they both need me. The shepherd needs me, but the wise man needs me. They are both in need of a savior. And God is the savior of all men from every background, from every standing. And that's why it's significant. The Bible doesn't just put filler words in there to make a nice story, there's significance in the words that the Bible says. They're divine. And God said, I called the wise man and I called the shepherd. Because they both need me. And my desire is for both of them. They are both in need of a Savior. You know, it's funny, you know, during the season, I was talking to Jacob about this. Everybody is a giver in the holiday season, everybody wants to give to the poor in the holidays. But Jacob was saying, all year long we have needs. And we don't see those people. But everybody wants to give in the holiday season to the poor to help the less fortunate. But God is after all men to pursue them, to get their heart. And really, in some ways, it's easier to get the poor or the less fortunate to seek after God. Because they don't have anything else. Sometimes it can be harder for those of us who live in the suburbs or elsewhere with our needs met to seek after God. It's kind of like the difference between the way you worship when you feel good and the way you worship when you got a bad doctor's report. Because you need Him now. So you worship differently. So when you're fined, you worship like this. When you get a bad doctor's report, you're down here at the altar. Why? Because you need him now. When you got a bill that you can't pay, compared to all your needs met, you worship different. You seek God different. You pursue God different. Because you don't think you need him in the good times. Which is not true, but that's what you think. I'm just trying to make a point here because a lot of us are not in the category of the less fortunate or poor. A lot of us are are living a decent life. I didn't say you're rich, but you're living a good life. And those are the people that are usually the most stubborn and prideful thinking that they don't need to pursue God. They don't need to search after God. They don't need more of God because... They're fine. Their bills are paid. They have a white picket fence. They have a 70-inch flat screen TV. They have food on the table. Their kids go to private school. It doesn't matter. God or no God, I'm okay. Come on, it's quiet in this Methodist church. And so that's why I love it. He called the wise men and the shepherds alike. Because both of them need God. And both of them are in need of a Savior. So he said, wise men and shepherds, seek after me and pursue me. And they both found Jesus in the manger. So let me encourage you before I read this last verse. I want to encourage you, starting today, into the end of this holiday season, into New Year's. We need to be intentional about pursuing Him, finding Him. Because if you don't find Him in the next month or so, you miss the whole point. If you don't find Him, you miss the purpose of Christmas altogether. I know what your response is, I'm busy. That's why we have to be intentional about setting time apart to seek after Him. Intentional. Meaning, put it in your schedule. You'll put the eggnog session on your schedule. You'll put the holiday party on your schedule. Why don't you put find him on your schedule? Why don't you put pursue him on your schedule? Because I believe with all my heart, this could be some of the most amazing fellowship times you've had with God over the next month. But you are going to have to pursue him. You're going to have to pursue him to find him. And we have to be intentional about it. Just like the wise men were intentional to follow the star all that way to find him. And the shepherds heard from the angels and they were intentional to pursue Jesus and find him in that manger. We have to be intentional. We can't just say if it happens, it happens. Guess what? It won't happen. Oh, I'll get around to it. It won't happen. And this message is good, not just for the holiday season. It's good for the rest of your life. We need to be intentional about finding him. Now, I know why you're not excited about this right now. Because you haven't been finding him recently. Because if you're somebody who finds him often, You'll get excited when you get to spend time with God more often. See, you're thinking that you're going to find God and it's going to be boring or a drag or something that you just do. That proves to me that you're not doing it right. And it proves to me that you're not thinking right about God. Because if we're really finding Him, when somebody says, seek after God, you get excited, don't just... Hmm. Why would I want to do that? I'd rather drink coffee. When you say seek after God and you're going to find some answers, you would get excited about that. But notice our attention's been on other things. So we've been finding and looking at other things and not Him. And when we do that, we lose our way. So we need to be intentional about pursuing God. Seeking after God, searching after God. And especially during this holiday season. Because if we find everything else but not Him, we've missed the point. We missed the purpose of Christmas. Do you guys take that challenge today? Anybody take that challenge? Come on. Let's pursue him. Trust me, you won't regret it. You might regret the eggnog you drank. Or the holiday party. But you will never regret your time seeking after God. Never. You will never regret setting aside aside some time in your car to worship God. You will never regret setting some time to read a good book about God. You'll never regret it. Because when you seek Him, you'll find Him. Jeremiah 29, 13-14. In the message translation... I love this. Come on, look at this verse. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Now, listen to what he says. Yes, when you get serious about it, when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree, I will turn things around for you. I will bring you back from all the countries into which I drove you. God's decree, bring you home to the place from which I sent you off into. You can count on it. Come on, but let's read the first part of that verse one more time. This is my challenge to you, and this is from God. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Come on, do you receive that today? Come on, I want to be a church of people that are serious about finding God, serious about seeking God. And when we do, like the verse says, you won't be disappointed when you do that. Because there's always more to know. There's always more to grow into. There's always more to find in Him. He's the greatest treasure we could ever find. He's the greatest pursuit we could ever pursue. So let me pray for you today. Father, we love you today. And we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you during this holiday season. We're going to find you. We're going to refocus our lives on what's really important. Father, we know we got a lot of things going on. They're going to be fun and exciting. But Father, never let us lose focus on what's important. Never let us forget the purpose of Christmas. The purpose of why you came. Father, let us be some of those people like the wise men and the shepherds who pursued you, who sought after you. And when they did, they found you. Father, I pray right now as we as a church family commit to this, that in those private times with you, Father, that you would reveal yourself, that you would reveal answers, that you would reveal direction, that you would reveal callings, that, Father, that we would just be able to have a deeper friendship with you in these private times, that our relationship would grow in these times that we seek after you. Father, I pray just like your word says that when we seek after you and we're serious about it, we will find you. And your word says we won't be disappointed when we do. So, Father, I'm praying for a supernatural hunger and a supernatural desire in your people and myself to seek after you like never before. To search after you, to be intentional with our schedule the next month about setting apart time to find the most important thing, which is you. Father, you are our treasure. You are the greatest gift we could ever receive. Father, let us honor you and pursue you because you're worthy of it. Father, we we pray that we would remember the purpose of Christmas. And we'd help others to remember that also. That it's all about you. It's all for you. That anything else is just a nice extra, but you're the reason. Father, we thank you that we're going to find you like never before. We're going to grow in our relationship with you. Come on, you guys agree with that today? Father, we're going to pursue you. And we're going to find you. And Father, we love you today. We thank you for what you're doing in this church once again. Thank you for what you're doing in us. Father, we thank you for giving us a challenging word, a convicting word that we could refocus our priorities and refocus on finding you. Father, we love you today. We thank you for sweet fellowship and relationship in the future with you. I pray, Father God, that everyone in this church would grow like never before this next month in their relationship with you. That answers would be given. And that, Father, that you would speak to us like never before. And we'd be intentional about hearing your voice. Spending time with you. Pray, Father God, that we would look for you in our everyday lives. That we would be looking at our job, in conversations, at the coffee shop, at the gym. That Father, let us always be looking to find you. Because you're all throughout our day. Find you in conversations, find you in a scripture, find you in a worship song. Find you and just looking at your beautiful creation. Father, let us be looking every day for your presence. Father, we thank you that your word is true. And it's a promise when we seek, we will find. Father, we love you for it. We thank you today. Come on, can we lift our hands for a second? Father, we love you today. We thank you today.